Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by Record Sports' Gavin Berry and Mark McDougall. On the pod today, the latest on Kyle Lafferty as the big striker looks to make a return journey along the M8. Mind the gap! With Celtic suffering a week from hell, we ask if Steven Gerrard has closed the mythical chasm between the old firm clubs already and... We preview Rangers tie against Maribor and give no doubt highly inaccurate predictions for the big game. Mark's laughing intently at my uh, at my intro there. Mark, what, what, what have you got to say? I've not got anything to say. The new Jim White. Listen, I'm not as staunch as Jim White, that's for sure. So we're going to start off immediately with uh, the latest on the Kyle Lafferty deal. Gavin, what is... The current situation with Kyle Lafferty as it stands. As was reported in uh, the record this morning by Michael Buchanan, I think you fully expect Rangers to go back in um, and within 40 hours, reckon he could be back at Ibrox. Um, it, it's one that from the moment you we learned of Rangers' interest, it's one that you thought was likely to happen eventually because... I don't think it's any secret that he would love to go back to Rangers and it's just a question of the club's now agreeing this fee. Although, having said that, as from the John McGinn scenario, on the other side of the city, you know, John McGinn being a Celtic fan, I suppose when Celtic, you know, made uh, their interest known in him, we all thought he would eventually end up at Parkhead and he ends up at Aston Villa. So there's always a risk, I suppose. In, um, I remember doing a video with you, Gav, on transfer deadline day where you're at, you were adamant Jamie Walker was coming to That's Ibrox. right, yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me that, Johnny. I'll just tell everybody that I got it wrong. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you, you expect, unless there's somebody else out there who wants, I mean, John McGinn's slightly different. He's younger, isn't he? Aston yeah. Villa want him. Uh, so I don't know how much interest there would be in Kyle Lafferty. It's just from elsewhere at this stage in his career, you just feel as if he's just destined to end up at Ibrox and it's just a case of Rangers getting that cash that will get him there. You, hopefully they'll just pay it. Well, Mark, there seems to be a, a slight disagreement between the two clubs, between a sort of £500,000 price point and a £750,000 price point. What do you think is a fair price for Kyle Lafferty, and what should Rangers want to pay for him? I think Hearts have gone about right with the 750000 I mean, you don't... I don't think Rangers will be able to get a striker in of the same quality of who knows what Rangers are all about, who knows what it takes to win league titles with Rangers for that sort of money. Uh, I think Lafferty... 750,000, what was it he scored last year? 13 league goals, something like that. Yeah, 18 uh, goals in total. Yeah. I think the most important stat is that he scored four from four against Celtic. Exactly. He scored four against Celtic. His finish on Saturday's game was 
sensational. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to make a case for a move to Rangers, uh, I know, you can't really do yeah. much better than that. And, and as you always, um, in these situations with a year left in his deal, you always have people saying, oh, well, I mean, just leave it till January and you'll get him for pick him up for nothing. But I, I think in the case of Kyle Lafferty, Rangers need Kyle Lafferty now. Yeah. I mean, getting him in January, well, I mean, we don't know how the first six months of the league season will pan out, but you just feel... And especially as we've just touched on there, that he was the man that scored the winning goal against Celtic to keep up that good record. Rangers go to Celtic Park, you know, in a couple of games' time. With Celtic losing at Tynecastle, I mean, this is really a crucial part of the season for Rangers. If they're going to apply any pressure on Celtic, it has to be now on the back of the Champions League exit against Athens last night um, and losing at Tynecastle. If they can go to Parkhead in September the 2nd and Kyle Lafferty is on their team sheet given his record there I think psychologically that's big and it's almost worth paying the money for that you know to get him in at that stage of the season just put, that's why they should just up it a bit Mark will they play though that's the question because you've got Alfredo Morelos there in the form of his life the last three games he's been superb if he keeps that up Kyle Lafferty's not going to get on the team sheet I don't think I think even Kyle Lafferty will know that he's not coming to be first choice striker at Rangers I mean Morelos has been brilliant for the last few weeks but there's spells where he hasn't been very good. Uh, he was excellent again on uh, Sunday against St Martin. Uh, whereas Lafty is brilliant to come off the bench as well for Rangers. I mean, you've got Sadiq there just now who's not up to form. And, well, you seen him on Sunday. I mean, one minute he was doing step overs, beating two players, and the next he was tripping over the ball. Uh, I think that's the kind of player that Sadiq's going to be all season, whereas Lafty will offer you a bit more. Just you just know what you're going to get with Lafty, and uh, to get to have him coming off the bench in yeah. the last 20 minutes against Celtic, at Celtic Park is a huge thing. No, I think you would start him against Celtic. I mean, if you're the Celtic defence or even Celtic fans just now, and you look at the team sheet, do you think, given the way Morelos played against Celtic last season, some of those missed sitters? I know he started the season well, but against Celtic, who would you want leading the line? Kyle Lafferty or Morelos? Uh, you know, bearing in mind the Celtic defence is a bit shaky just now. Everybody's having a go at it. Jack Hendry, they're saying you can get at him. Who would who would you want? I would Lafferty. go with Morelos at the moment. Would you? Yeah, because listen, Morelos in the three-three game, despite missing a terrible, terrible yeah. setter, was superb and yeah. bullied those two centre-halves for the majority of the game. You're talking a 9 or 8 out of 10 performance if it hadn't been for that last-minute miss. Now, the problem I think you have with Morelos is his finishing is not really up there with the rest of his game. Yeah. And if he misses another chance against Celtic, I think he's going to continue down this road of fans getting very, very frustrated. So I think that is the case. It strengthens the case for playing Lafferty. However, I don't know how you can drop Morelos when he's playing the way he is. Yeah. yeah, I think Morelos brings so much more to the team than just his goal scoring just now as well. The way Steven Gerrard wants to play with the press and uh, Morelos is perfect for that because he'll just run all day for you. Yeah. He's uh, also very mobile, which is maybe something that Kyle Lafferty at 30, nearly 31, yeah. is not going to have in his toolbox. I, yeah. I mean, Lafferty had the same problem when he first came to Rangers for scoring against Celtic. It took him till his last season at Rangers before he finally got the yeah. goal. But he's become a big but game yeah, player since yeah, then, hasn't it. he? I mean, Northern Ireland, I think he was only behind Lewandowski and... Uh, Thomas Muller and a few other big hitters in Euro 2016 qualifying is the top scorer I think he he's a big game player um, we don't know there's only one more league game to go before that old firm match we don't know how the Rangers are away to Motherwell Celtic only Hamilton I think we don't know how the, those games are going to go but I mean if, if Rangers go in there with a real chance of uh, if they could just come out of that game undefeated it would be huge 
for uh, Stephen Gerrard. There's no reason why both of them couldn't play as well. I mean, Lafley played off the left mainly on Saturday with the big Piazzo or however you pronounce his name. He was up front. That's not bad, Mark. <laughs> I think that's it, right. But he was playing up front and Lafley was more off the left. And Rangers could do the same because right now Jamie Murphy's not in the form of his life. Mm-hmm. Ryan Kent isn't hugely brilliant so far. Whereas, so there's a position there. Yeah. Up for it's, it's, a, it's a great shout because yeah. I'll tell you what, anyone that wanted to watch Celtic's game last night will know they're not good at set pieces. So yeah. if you've got Kyle Lafferty coming in at the back post, yeah. that's going to terrify the yeah. life out of Celtic's yeah. defence as yeah. it stands. Yeah. Bottom line is, to, yeah, absolutely. But the bottom line is, to answer your initial question, I mean, you know, would it be a good sign? And yes, will it happen? Probably. So it seems like we, are, we fully expect this to get over the line. One other deal that's been done is Jamie Barjonas has moved to Bury. Mark, what do you make of that? You were a bit of a fan of his when yeah, he first came out of the scene. Definitely. I think he's a really good young player, but he's never going to get in this Rangers team right now. He's got six or seven ahead of him at least, whereas he's going to go down to Bury, play most weeks. It's not a great level down there, but he'll harden up down there as well. He's, it's going to be tough for him. Uh, he's still only 18, 19, so he's got plenty of time ahead of him. And uh, Yeah, I think it's a great move for him. He's quite a skillful young player, so that kind of level is going to be, as you say, tough. But when you're going down there and you're playing week in, week out, it does bring you on. Having said that, is this something that um, perhaps shows the difference between Kaishina's Rangers and now Gerard's Rangers in that we are talking about Barjonas has been nowhere near oh, yeah. the first team? And yep. now, uh, and you look back to those those days, you know, when he played against St. Johnson in the oh, last yeah. few games of the season for Kashina. Yeah. He looked like one of the guys that could maybe co- potentially come in and play quite often. Yeah, I mean, the one that did it for me, I remember at the start, early on last season, Rangers had that kind of shaky start, and then they played Hearts at home, desperately needed a goal. It was nil nil. I think John Daly was in charge. Cathro had gone by then. Really typical stuffy Harps team and Rangers just need a goal. It was the day when all the cast-offs were scoring, I think, or Halloran out on loan and um, Waghorn had been sold. The £8 million pound yeah. cast-off, Gav. Yeah, there was loads There was loads of them scoring all over the place. Rangers couldn't buy a goal and turned to Ryan Hardy, didn't they, late in the game and he, and he brought him on as a substitute. That just shows you the difference in the quality because he, he shouldn't at that stage after a summer of spending and turning to like Ryan Hardy because I mean you even look now, well look at somebody like Glenn Middleton you know the start that he had to the season and everybody's saying oh he's going to you know he's going to be a first pick and you, you thought he might have a chance but it just shows that now when we're down to sort of serious business that he's maybe not going to get as much time Yeah it speaks to the the gap closing in terms of Rangers quality against Celtic now we've had people talk about this mythical gap over the last couple of seasons saying it's enormous, it's a chasm. Yeah. Based on how Celtic have been in the last few games, I mean, in the last five games, they've won one, mm-hmm. drawn two, and lost two. So it's probably up there with the poorest form that they've had under Rodgers. And on top of that, they've had all the chaos with regard to the transfers that haven't come off, Boyata wanting away, Rodgers seems to be unhappy based on his comments. Mm-hmm. Do we feel that this feel-good factor that's around Rangers at the moment and the the seeming issues at Celtic mm-hmm. mean that this gap has closed perhaps more than we thought it would at this point? No, I think if you if you cast your mind back to Hamden when Celtic are celebrating a second successive treble on that open top bus, if you'd said then that the, 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 the contrast and the mood in the two camp, old firm camps at this early in the season, I don't think you could have possibly predicted that. A lot of that 
is down to Rangers as well, the solid start, because with Steven Gerrard, there was an unknown there, we didn't quite know how it was going to go, but the early signs are certainly impressive. Um, the early signs are certainly impressive, because I must admit, when the, when the fixtures were released, uh, when the, the Ladbrokes Premiership fixtures were first released, I did think this could go one of two ways. I thought, Aberdeen, you just... You, you know, if they lose to Aberdeen, they've then got St Mirren at home. You'd fancy that they win that. But I thought if, if they have lost at Pataudry and you go to Motherwell, OK, Motherwell well, haven't had the best start, but you didn't know that at the time. You're thinking if you slip up there and then, you lo- then you're going to Parkhead on game four, if you if you lose that, you're thinking suddenly... Pressure's listen, on. The pressure's on. If Celtic fans were the same. Listen, on the hotline on the day the fixtures were released, we're saying that the, 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 you can tie the ribbons on the trophy after uh, full time on September the second, so but it just shows you how it can change because the European defeat is obviously going to is a huge blow for Celtic, and then you just throw in that defeat at Tynecastle. Okay, it you know it wasn't a full strength team, but it, but it suddenly it changes everything here because if Rangers can now go to Fir Park and come away from Parkhead having avoided defeat, then you say that gives. Rangers something to build on and that's all you need just something to build on and give them the confidence to then kick on for the next part of the season It's early days Mark but this Rangers team just does look a lot stronger a lot more robust a lot more defensively um, intelligent in the way it's set up is, is it fair to say that this gap is closed? Yeah I think the big thing is defensively I mean if you look at the Rangers defence I would argue that the back five is superior to Celtic's back, back five including the goalkeeper I think, I think only right Tierney now. would get a, get a yeah, game yeah I think Tierney would obviously walk in to the Rangers team as good as Flanagan and Barisic have looked Tierney's still a level above just now uh, but the rest of the defence Rangers are far better at the back Conor Goldson and Nikola Katic have looked excellent so far whereas I mean I think Gerard said that Rangers spent 1.5 million on Katic which is the same as what Rodgers spent on Jack Hendry and Katic looks twice the player at the minute uh, and he's younger and he's younger uh, at right back obviously I think Lustig has been a great player throughout his Celtic career but he's getting to the end of it now he just he doesn't look the same player he was even two seasons ago mm. uh, and then obviously you've got a toss up in goals between McGregor and Gordon but defensively is the big thing uh, middle to front Celtic are probably better but if Rangers can keep it solid at the back then then the gap's definitely closing. When you look back over the history of the old firm, Johnny, there, there have been moments when you think, oh, you know, one is miles ahead of the other. I mean, I think back to the 99-2000 season, Dick Advocat, I mean, similar to Brendan Rodgers, the first two years, total dominance. I think he won five out of his first six, as opposed to uh, Brendan Rodgers' six uh, trophies out of six. But I remember being at Ibrox for a... Rangers 4, Celtic 0, Kenny Dalglish was in charge. It was the last old for him derby of that season, Dick Advocate's second season. And it was probably the biggest gulf that I, I, I can recall between the two from watching the game until Graham Murphy's Rangers in the last old for him game of last season. And I thought that, that was that was even bigger. But going back to that game I was talking about in um, in 2000, you know, Martin O'Neill comes in that summer. The slight difference is he did have money to spend to bring in your Suttons and your Hartsons. But he goes the next season and wins the treble, including that 6-2 uh, derby win in his first derby. So it can swing like that. You know, it can it can happen. 
we're probably just quite surprised at how sudden it's been, you know, with Celtic this season. You know, just because Brendan Rodgers has been, you know, he's relentless in terms of the standards, you know, not letting anything drop, but it, it can happen. Do you think it was odd, Mark, that this Celtic situation seems to have come out of Brendan, from Brendan Rodgers, and it seems self-inflicted. You know, Rodgers is the one himself that brought this up prior to the first AIG Athens game with regards to the, the sign-ins and his frustrations. And it seems to have grown arms and legs from there where you would think, well, maybe this was best left unsaid until after the AIG Athens game, unless no, you want to protect. I think he's done the right thing as well because the fans, although he might not have come out and said it before, the fans were already quite annoyed about the lack of signs. I mean, Celtic had only signed Edward at this stage and they've signed Emilio Izaguirre since, but he's not going to be anywhere near the first team well Tierney's fit. Uh, they've been screaming for a centre-back for the last year, at least. Uh, oh, they've signed a couple. They've signed a couple, but they've not been anywhere near the standard that Celtic need to compete in Europe or to continue you dominating. Think, you think part of this is because Rodgers is looking across the city and saying to himself, they look like they're going to be a lot more organised and a lot more difficult this year. Possibly. I think I think, I think that would be a factor, but I also think you mentioned the word protect there earlier because maybe when he's examined the key Athens and he's looked at what he's got, he's thought, this, there's a chance we might not get through this year and I better make sure that people know why. Now. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's exactly what happened, didn't it? In terms of what Rangers need to really give themselves a good chance of perhaps even you know, snatching this title away from Celtic. What is it that they would need to add between now and the end of the transfer window? Is it a number 10? Is it another defender? I mean, certainly those are the two areas that, that jump out to me. Mark? I, there's just a need for depth at Rangers. I mean, you look at even on Sunday when Arfield's injured, Koulibaly went off with a knock, Jack was injured, the midfield starts to look a bit <laughs> more ropey when Andy Halliday, Ross McCrory, uh, Ovi Ajari are your midfield three. It doesn't I know Ross McCrory got sent off early, but it just doesn't fill you with the same confidence that a midfield three of Arfield, Jack and Koulibaly does. Same up front, if Alfredo Morales gets injured, then Sadiq doesn't fill you with the same confidence. Uh, defensively again, I mean, there's only the two centre-backs there in Katic and Goldson, so that there's a need for depth that ranges right through the squad, I think, to have a real chance of winning the league. I think what, yeah, I think what, you're going to see under Stephen Gerrard and, and really is what was needed at Rangers is just been able to beat to win the games like home to St Mirren I know they didn't beat Aberdeen away but if they'd kept 11 men on the park they might well have and they certainly played well enough I mean I think he'll, he'll, I think he'll be able to win the majority of these games and that's all it's needed you don't necessarily need to you know beat Celtic you know as you know, avoid a couple of defeats you know, in the old firm games, you you could still win the league. I think I think that Europe is going to be very interesting, and we now Celtic will almost certainly get into the Europa League group stage. I think that's a big factor. The Thursday Sunday games. If Rangers didn't make it through, obviously they've got a good lead against Maribor, but there's still work to be done. If if you, if you remove those six Europa League group games, I think that could be huge for Rangers. It's been proven in the past. Celtic going to Seville. Rangers going to the UEFA Cup final in 2008, it catches up with teams. And I don't know if Rangers would have enough depth in their squad to cope with both. And I think it, it might be difficult, but I suppose that the money men at Ibrox will be looking at the potential for... Well, yeah. 
but, but, four more European ties yeah, in terms of um, right Ibrox seats. But what do Rangers need right now? What do Rangers fans want more than anything? Number 55, title 55, that's we've been talking about it for the last you know couple of years. They need to stop 10 in a row. They need to stop. So I think I don't. they need to do it quickly. They need to do it. So if, if you sacrifice Europe this season... I mean, what are you talking anyway? A couple, of, two and a half million or something into the group, group stage plus, you know. I mean, Significant make, money when you think 50,000 okay. paying £20 a head yeah, over were, three games. Well, yeah, but if you were given the choice now, if what would you want? Well, I, if, you were, if Rangers I, fans... I think Rangers asked, fans would be greedy in that and say, I think part of it, Gav, is about putting the club's name back in lights mm-hmm. as a European club yeah. and getting to the European group stages of the Europa League is not the Champions League. However, yeah. it would be a step, a significant step on that journey back mm-hmm. to where Rangers fans probably believe the club should be. I don't know mm-hmm. what you think about that, Mark. No, I think it would be a significant step, but I think every Rangers fan would happily give up the group stages to win the league this season. I mean, already I would argue that Rangers have done better than expected just getting to this stage of qualifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they get through to the next round, then even better. I mean, I know the draw has been a bit favourable with compared to what other teams have got. I mean, you look at Aberdeen getting Burnley, even like there's teams like Sevilla and stuff in the, at this stage, Rangers fans wouldn't have expected to get to where they are. But um, yeah, also they want to get to the group stages, but if it was a choice between 55 and the group stages, then it's yeah. 55. It's not a zero-sum <laughs> game though, is it? I mean, it's not, it is, that decision isn't open to them. And Rangers are a club about winning. That's a big part of the mentality. So... It is about winning every game, and yeah. it doesn't matter if it's in Europe or the, yeah, yeah, and that's what the yeah. fans will demand. No, I know. No, no. It was just because you were asking earlier about what is needed to win the league, and I, and I'm, I just think that that could be significant if Celtic are playing yeah. Thursday, Sunday, and Rangers weren't playing, and and Stephen because I mean there's going to be bumps along the road, you know, for Rangers. They're not going to. I mean, that was very positive just now, and it's you know made, made a great start, a solid start, but there will be, you know. There will be tricky spells coming up, so I just think if Steven Gerrard in his very first job, you know, was focusing solely, solely on the league, and because that's what I'm saying, you know, you can tell that they're going to be able to beat your St Mirren's at home. Well, have slipped up in the past, you know, they're going to they're going to grind these games. They're going to grind these games out, you know. But if you're going flying away on a Thursday, and you know, you're arriving back on a Friday, and then you go to Hibs on a Sunday. Are they going to have the quality to do that? I no, that's a very good point. Gar. Celtic, Celtic, probably Celtic do because they've done that. But this is new to Rangers. I think as well, if you look at before the next Old Farm game is the next round, and it's likely that Rangers will be playing Ufa, uh, the Russian team, to go to Russia on a Thursday, fly back and go to Parkhead on a Sunday is going to be very. So you discounting progress again, I, I, Mark? <laughs> you've I, already done that. I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> obviously progress have a chance, but. I, I think it's more likely that it's going to be you for the. Yeah. Don't even know if that's pronounced straight, but if that, I think that's who. Uh, you don't ask me about yeah, my Russian. Yeah. I, I think Dos Vidanya, that's about it. <laughs> that's likely who it's going to be that Rangers play. So to go Russia Thursday, Parkhead Sunday, it's going to be so hard for Rangers, and to do that another six times throughout the season, yeah. or well, three times, is going to be difficult. Yeah. Would you think it'd be a case that if you do have a a run to the UEFA uh, Europa League group group stages that. Dave King would look at that and say, well, we're going to have to free up some more funds for January. Possibly. Uh, oh, for January? Yeah, oh, possibly. Or because after. they won't know before yeah. the end oh, of the transfer Oh, they won't know before, window. of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Um, yeah, every chance, but, I, like, you need to wait and see how the league... You know, you need it might to be too late close. by then. It might, it might either yeah. be too late or, yeah. or it might be... But, I mean, if they're close, then they're going to go for it, aren't they? If they're within touching distance come the winter break. 
It's a difficult balance, that's for sure. But uh, now we're going to look ahead to the Maribor tie on Thursday um, and just have a quick chat about the options that Stephen Gerrard has available with John Flanagan missing. I think he's been an excellent signing so far. Perhaps not the most flashy, not the most uh, attacking player in the world, but just mm. an old-fashioned, yeah. defensively-minded fullback that covers space well, yeah. which is exactly what Rangers yeah. have needed. I think, yeah, I think when we spoke, um, when he signed and it was over in Spain in pre-season, I think we spoke about John Flanagan. I think I mentioned at the time that I'd spoken to Phil Parkinson, who had him on loan at Bolton last season, and it was exactly what he said to me. He's just an old-fashioned, he says, you know, forget about your wing-backs, you know, marauding up and down the wing. That's not what he's going to be. He's just going to be a solid, old, traditional full-back uh, and that's exactly as you say that's just exactly what he is 6 out of 10 to 8 out of 10 every single game never yeah. lets you down Mark yeah it's just like a Satsapapa type but he's, he's not going to be flying up the left wing but he'll do his job defensively and that's all Rangers need right now and who's going to replace him do you think in this game I think it's going to be Andy Halliday yeah. coming in yeah I can't see it being anything other than Andy Halliday coming in filling in at left back uh, he's really played there against Wigan in pre-season game he's played there a couple of times last season he's steady he's, he's not perfect but he's steady going both ways yeah. uh, it's a far, it's much safer option than maybe changing to a back three or or even putting I mean Glenn Middleton played left back as well against Wigan it's a much safer option than that yeah. it's been a bit of a surprise Gav isn't there about Andy Halliday being part of the Gerrard that. yeah I mean the you know, fans were kind of I think fans will almost accept him as a kind of fringe player a guy you're going to bring on we kind of I, th- I think they'd be more concerned if Stephen Gerrard was saying this is a guy I want to have in my team you know starting every week but um, no, I was definitely surprised to read Stephen Gerrard's comments at the weekend. But I think he's, I think he's been very clever, you know, Stephen Gerrard, and everything that he, he does, every move he's made, everything that he's saying. Um, he obviously appreciates, you know, what the club means to Andy Halliday. Although I don't think he would only keep him for that reason. But I think he's probably had sympathy for the way, you know, last season worked out for him, and, and you know, maybe just needing an arm around the shoulder and playing in a confident. You know, playing in a team of confidence and playing, uh, you know, when there's when there's a good mood around the club, you know, could change things for Halliday. And uh, Rangers look to have Ryan Jack back. We had Gary Ralston in the paper over mm-hmm. the last uh, day or so saying that he thinks that Jack has the potential to be a replacement for Scott Brown at international level. And certainly based on his performances so far this season, that doesn't seem outlandish. Mark, how big uh, a miss has he been and how important will he be to this Maribor game? Uh, he'll be huge, especially in the away leg. I mean, he wasn't missed massively in the home leg because Koulibaly did the job fair enough. But in the away leg, it's a completely different game. Maribor are going to be a completely different side. So to have Jack back in there is huge alongside Koulibaly, who I think should be fit as well after coming off. But having the two of them in our field, uh, yeah, that's far better for Rangers than if Jack wasn't available. Because uh, then... Like we spoke about this last week on the pod about how Cool Valley isn't as disciplined as them. So when Rangers need to just get somebody on the ball, get their foot on it, play the simple pass, then Ryan Jack's perfect for that, and yeah, it'll be massive to get him back for the Marburg game. Yeah, and I think now attention will start to turn to this. Ian Durant actually said it the other week when we were talking about Morelos, just as we were talking about earlier, talking about the smile on the face and the feel good factor around the club, but. As he said, everything is going to come down to, or a lot of it, sorry, in terms of where they are, is going to come down to Parkhead on September the 2nd, because that is where they're going to be judged, whether it's Ryan Jack, Morelos, anybody else, can you go there? 
can you go there and do it? I think a big test for this team as well is the first time they go behind. They've not been behind under Steven Gerrard yet. We don't know what their mentality is going to be like if they go behind and there's 50,000 at Ibrox screaming at them. Uh, so that'll be really interesting to see as well for the first time. One of the elements in terms of this game coming up against Maribor is going to be the fact that Maribor are pretty decent going forward and pretty decent at home. Do you think Rangers are going to have to set up as a counter-attack team for this one? Going to play very deep and, and soak up the pressure? Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I would... Um, I think everybody agrees that third goal I mean, just changed everything, doesn't it? I mean, if you're going there with a 2-1 lead compared to a 3-1 lead, it's night and day. So I think they should just they, they should just be sitting deep because they know that one goal... I mean, surely, surely if they score, it wins, you can't see them losing. Rangers have got pace up top now as well, which is a difference from last season. Significant pace in terms of Ryan Kent's very quick. You've got runners from midfield there in Ajaria and uh, Koulibaly who can get forward and support. There's just a lot more dynamism to this team, isn't there? Um, I suppose the other question with regards to the game against uh, the game, obviously, on Thursday would be whether or not that the most important factor that's already been set in stone is that work that Gerard did with you when you were there in Spain I know you weren't involved in the work Gav but you were there to, to view it yeah. um, in terms of the fitness work that was done on that trip because it seems to be Rangers have hit the ground running in a way this season that we just haven't seen for a long time because often there's a lot of excuses around Scottish teams in these early European ties oh they weren't quite fit enough it's still early in the season but this Rangers team have looked at it from the, the get go and it seems to me that that part of that has to be the conditioning yeah. work that was done in Spain. Yeah, well, it's just about. It's like we spoke about at that time. It's just about his standards, isn't it? I mean, it was just a stand. It was a, it was the thing that was most evident to him when he watched his first game live, that old Firm game. It just it struck him, and and I think that's where you know he's he's back in team. I mean, come into play as well because um, Jordan Milsom and you know guys like Michael Beale and all that. I mean, they'll be doing they'll be doing all this work. So he's got people who who were obviously working at Liverpool, so you're talking people who are working at the very top of their profession here, you know, and then he, he'll then be doing a lot of the kind of, you know, the coaching and the man management. Um, so, yeah, he's addressed it and it's and it's evident in the early part. Okay, guys, well, we've come to that time where we're going to ask you for predictions. Mark, what do you think the scoreline is going to be? Uh, one each. I'll go one each. So Rangers are through, according to Mark. Yeah, I'm going to say one each as well. One each, yep. I'm going to go 1-0 Maribor. Uh, just for the controversy stakes. You know yeah, where I am on Twitter. Yeah. Come, and, come, and, come and slaughter me. Okay, well, that's all from us. We're going to be back next midweek with more news and analysis of all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can by tweeting us at Record Sport or tweeting me at Johnny R. McFarlane. Tweeting Mark McDougall at... Uh, McDougall1994. And tweeting Gavin Berry. He never knows his Twitter handle. He always looks at me in dismay. Gavin Berry DR. Gavin Berry DR. There you go. Um, direct all your abuse uh, towards Gavin Berry DR um, don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available and if you liked it please review and rate us on there too until next time thanks for listening